you're listening to common ride with me this is a weekly podcast but between two different shows one is a yearly podcast where we cover shows over the course of a year as they would be airing or as they're airing and then there's a book club where we look at things in a more monthly book club format you're currently listening to episode 192 where we're looking at common rider thighs episodes 31 through 35 and the hyper battle video and Shin. Listening to Common Ride with me. I'm Rose Kip, and with me is uh, Jazz Hands Steph. <laughs> yes, Jazz Hands Steph. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, still a threat, David. Always, always a threat. And we are your book club. Yay! And we're all back to talk about Cover Rider Fives, episodes 31 through 35. And what a set of episodes those are. Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah, no, uh, a lot happens here, but uh, just first things first, though. Steph, there were a couple of episodes that you uh, couldn't comment on on the show. Um, the last thing that I think happened that you got to comment on was um, Takuma, the centipede guy, stole the Faz belt and was like beating up Kiba and Takubi. And then, like, immediately, like, they got thrown in, like, a river together. That was the last thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. No, they didn't even get thrown in the river because that happened the next episode. You're right. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We were still uh, waiting to see how that was going to play out. So a lot has happened since. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No joke. What do you think of the 20s? I think I've I, I appreciate uh, how the um, homoeroticism just ramped up continuously over each episode. So we're mm-hmm. where we're at now, and it's this nice little homoerotic stew, and I'm here for it. I think it's great. Were there any scenes that you really liked uh, from this past two chunks, I guess? <sighs> I, I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say because I was getting such a big kick out of um, kind of seeing how all the belts plot powers played out um and we started to really see an increase in like how the battles were getting more and more complex um so i can't point to any like particular instance but i was just appreciating how um we were getting to see more of like the belts in action and like what could actually Mm -hmm. be done with them so yeah that was kind of my highlight the one scene i did note that i wanted to ask you about was um the change your on ass police stop Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. You know, I was so I I was delighted and angry that that worked as well as it did. I I wanted to believe that, like, at some point, one of them was going to pull up and be like, hey, wait a minute, this is weird. But no one did. And it just ended up working out in the very Abbott and Costello type of way that I enjoyed. I have expected it to be something like, oh, so I'm Officer Pat McGroin, and that's my partner Harry Balzanya. And, you know, 
what do you think of our uh, new Rider Carburetor Delta and uh, the new Foz form? Uh, Axel, his super speed. I, I really like the super speed. I, I felt like uh, Fize was really getting to a point where he kind of needed something to switch it up a little bit. Um, and I'm just a huge fan of the Delta belt all around. Like, um, we obviously still, even at this point, are still kind of figuring out what the end game is going to be for that belt. But I love the form. I love the attacks. Like, that, I think that's my favorite belt so far. Hmm. Oh, okay. That's a good segue, though, Steph, because... One question that we answered that I did want to ask you when you were back was if you got a briefcase with a belt in it, what other things would be in it? Like what would your like cover rider fives like you're now a like rider briefcase, like what would be in it? Like how would you transform? Like what weapons? Oh goodness. Okay. Um let me see. Play to my strengths here. So it would probably be um, Man, would you keep the phone belt thing or would you change that up? I I feel like I would probably go with like an old school beeper instead of a cell phone. Okay. Just because I'd want to keep it real simple and only have like two buttons that did what I needed them to do. Plus, it's smaller, more compact. You can put it in your pocket instead of having to have a whole suitcase around it. So that'd probably be my vibe. Like I'd go totally like a 90s skater kid about it. It'd be like a beeper and like maybe a chain wallet. Okay. Yeah. I like the idea of it being like a beeper that goes like rider kick or something like that or transform. Right, right. And it has to like beep in a certain sequence for your different powers to come up. What other gear would you have? Like, would you have like a cool gadget that became like one of your attacks or your weapons? Um, let me think. So if we're going to stick with that same theme, oh, maybe instead of like a motorcycle, I would have a skateboard. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and it could, like, maybe jump up and uh, attack occasionally, too. What's another good piece of, like, tech that fits that era, though? Like That's like, oh, and here's your special, like, freaker for, like, payphones that is actually a nunchuck. I don't know. <laughs> no, you know what it would be? It would be those uh, AOL minutes discs, and I could throw them, like, um, oh, uh, Ninja Stars. Okay. I don't know if they still used phone cards back then, <laughs> but those were popular for a hot minute in Japan. Phone cards, like the prepaid ones, or not? Yeah, um, yeah. So it's like a, it's like a rechargeable phone card that you would like. You know, if you go to a pay phone, you didn't have to pay money; you just like swipe it, right? Oh, that's pretty cool. That's interesting. I think we only used them here if we wanted to call someone out of state, like when long distance was still a thing, or dealing drugs. True that, yeah. Well, I mean, also beeper and wallet chain. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that you're kind of like the um, knuckles to change your on's like CD theme, though, where you're like, I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm not trying to be the main star here. I'm perfectly fine being the uh, uh, welcome. You've got mail guy in the background. That would be the most '90s superhero thing if it was like, you've got Henshin, you've got Finisher. <laughs> see look we just invented my character from scratch right there how would your name be like Kamerizer Sigma or like Kamerizer Beeper or something I don't know I'm trying to remember what was popular back then It'd be like um, Kamen Rider Jinko oh shit <laughs> hardcore <laughs> you would never not have space for that exactly think of, a, think of all the things you could store in those 
<laughs> Think of how many AOL minutes CDs. That maybe that's you. You don't. You don't need the briefcase. It's just a pair of Jinko jeans with like a million fucking pockets. Yeah, and like really deep ones that go down to my feet. I like the idea of like you riding around and like you like pull out this parcel that's just like pants that like open up and like transform. You're like that. That's fun. <laughs> the belt is part of the pants, so like you just put on the pants. Yeah, because the pants absolutely won't stay up without the belt. Right, exactly. Your belt's like a diegetic belt, which just does not happen enough with Kamen Rider. It, it really doesn't. Yeah, we're setting a, a trend here. Okay, well, that's it. We made three Kamen Riders. I think my Kamen Rider had a USB-G that was for grapple, and it was a grappling <laughs> hook. I forget what you had, David. Like, my God, I don't remember. I think I had like a fucking pen or something. Very How very changer on of me. <laughs> yeah. Uh well, I think we start to to see some of the uh chops from Change Around really come out in the setup those though. But uh let's get to it, everyone. Okay. Last time on Kamen Rider Fies. After a fight, Takumi and Kiba see that the other is the person they were fighting this whole time. They talk to their friends and decide to trust each other. But Kusika is threatened by this and has other plans. He ambushes Takumi to take his belt and attacks Kiba as Fies before blaming Kiba on stealing the belt from Takumi. The two riders are then attacked by Kitazaki of Lucky Clover as Commander Delta, and he uses his jet slider. But then Takumi has the smartest moment of his life as he calls that same number and brings his own in before <laughs> being completely outmaneuvered and nearly gunned down as a barrage of missiles shoots at him and his broken machine. And the way I love the way this cliffhanger is resolved, though, we're talking. He's like, wait, <laughs> I got this. <laughs> I have power for this situation. I go super speed. Yeah, I like how casual he is about it, too. Just like, well, let me try something. And then just like, oh, yeah, that worked. <laughs> like, he barely acknowledges that he just did something completely brand new. I mean, like, if he had super speed, why didn't he just, like, run faster than the motorbike? Mm. I mean, I guess it's only for five seconds, so you don't want to waste those five seconds. I guess, yeah. It's like a tax and just like, ah, I'm going to kick you off your bike. That would be pretty cool, though. But yeah, so like, he escapes. Kizaki's like, oh, well, that's fine. And then we just cut to Kiba, who's like, walking injured, being like, ah, Takabe Ido, you really are my enemy. It's very dramatic. He's very yes. emotional about it in a way that you're kind of like, is that really appropriate? Or, But then they both end up doing it, so it doesn't really matter. And like the sun's all orange and dirty and everything's like very real dramatic. grimy looking. Yeah. And so like Kutsuka's like holding up like an injured like Takumi like whose arm is bleeding. And then like he's like, uh, Kiba's the real problem, not Delta. And just <laughs> what do you think of Seeing the true power level of like what a gaslighting asshole Kuska was like in the I, last like ten episodes, Steph. Okay, it was. Fuck. It was. <laughs> I. I. There were so many times throughout this set of episodes that he kind of. It was almost a little bit questionable, like that. You know, maybe he was going to be able to be redeemed because we've had several characters like this just in in this. Uh, you know, in 
this most recent one alone where there is a little bit of doubt, like, are they good? Are they bad? And, you know, almost all of them are like somewhere in between. But it wasn't till we got particularly to this set of episodes that you realize he kind of just is an irredeemable asshole. Like, it's not it's not really a question. He's just a bad dude. Yeah, it's just it's kind of incredible watching him work and just be like, oh, he just yeah. doesn't have a value system. Yeah, he's just a fucking sociopath. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's nothing else there. I think the thing that annoys me more about it is that, like, Kiba and Takumi still fucking trust him, even though both of them know he's just a lying fucking asshole. Yeah. Like, at this point, you're like 30 episodes in, you've known this guy for like a fucking while, and you just, you know, like Takumi, Takumi especially, Takumi knows yeah. that he's yeah. a fucking liar, and he's doing shady shit, and he's still like, I believe you. It's like, no, right. no, you, what, what are you doing, dude? Come on. I mean... At least Kiba, like, hasn't, like, seen the veil drop, like, right. Right. For, like, he's always being told lies by, like, Kusika that's like, oh, like, I really tried to help you and, like, sneak in smart brain. But Takumi knows this guy and still falls for it. Well, that's the other thing. And Kiba is naturally kind of more, um, I I don't want to say trusting because he does question things, but he's just kind of more naive and you can kind of chalk that up to him being in his coma for whatever amount of time. But once again, it goes back to Takumi knows better. Like he's literally been screwed over by this dude. How many times now? And he still believes whatever comes out of his mouth. It's mind blowing. He seen this guy like shaking with incel rage in the rain, holding a picture of a nine-year-old girl. <laughs> I, I, I forgot about that. That's the other thing. Why did we get to the point in this series where everybody is obsessed with Mari? Just everybody is obsessed with that. That's true too. <laughs> I like I started to get uncomfortable on her behalf. Like every time a new dude fell in love with her, I was like, oh God, here we go again. <laughs> We talked about it in last episode, like being like David, but like there are like some tropes, like and like one of them is she gets Bella Swan to hell. She's like, oh, she's so normal, she's so precious, she's so important, right? Oh yeah. Well, then her um oh, who was it that was like, oh no, it's him. Where he's like, she has to make up for my mom or something, and I was like, oh god, (laughs) that's that's every red flag in the book, like. Yeah, <laughs> she has to take the place of my, or she has to love me like my mom couldn't, or something yeah. like that. And I was just like, Bleh. what? What is the subtitle? It's like something like she, she can replace the void left by my mother yes! after she got turned oh. into shoes. Oh, my stomach hurts so bad for a whole minute after he said that. <laughs> we talked about like the scene where Kusika's mom gets drowned. There's just like a ton of shoes there, so like. She got hit so hard that she turned into shoes. I think. <laughs> I mean, that'll fuck you up. I get when your mom gets turned to shoes. I get it. But that doesn't mean you like pin it on your classmate who's the same age as you to replace her. She's younger, I think, like in Canada, because he's like 18 or 19, right? Well, that's even worse. <laughs> I don't know. I don't either. But yeah, weird guy, weird guy all around. Yeah, Kuzuka's just a fucking weird dude. Like <laughs> he's an interesting character, but he's weird. <laughs> yeah, especially for like, especially for one of like the people who are supposed to be like that. You know, he's like a main 
common writer character right, right? Yeah. like it's just it's just very weird to see a character just be like this fucking scummy and not be an outright villain yeah yeah it still have some like Every once in a while, he's still, like, there's a question on what his intention is, and you can see him, like, even struggling with himself a little bit with these episodes, but still, there's just so many moments like that where he's just completely irredeemable. To speak on, like, Kuzka, though, um, the series before this was like, oh, bad people could be common writers, but they're usually, like, at least distinctly bad, and they don't kind of stay part of the like heroic or like the like protagonist side like he does mm-hmm. and it's just so strange he's is just <laughs> it, there's very little to make him be a protagonist besides the fact that he likes to kill the same people as they do <laughs> yeah that's true kind of yeah i mean other than the fact that he has a belt and fights the the evil people like not much about him has any redeeming qualities <laughs> as far as a hero goes. Yeah. And the guy, um, Common <laughs> Rider, uh, he just becomes an archetype. There's a ton of series later that's like, oh, we want to do a guy who smiles at his fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and they never quite like reached the heights of him, but still, he has an impact that way. Um, but yeah. Uh, we cut to Lucky Clover next, I think. And they're like at the bar and Takuba's like, can we end the slapping game? But then he like won't shake Kizaki's hand so that it doesn't end if they can't yeah. be friends. He has like another fucking vision of him getting his arm fucking melted off. Yeah, I, I have to say Kamasaki is probably my favorite villain in a really long time. Just because I enjoy his extremely casual approach to everything. It's it's so weird, like, after uh, you told me that he plays Ray in Garo, and now I just can't unsee it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it doesn't also... Um, so, Kamara Kiva, also done by Itoue. It is wild, having watched Kiva last year, to also watch Fies now and be like, man, there's just a villain in, like, Kiva that is just a like big childish dude that's part of like four people that like has to hunt people down and like make games for himself well that's just a character her um rook the guy that like kills one of the main characters moms like stefan like eva remember yeah yeah just kind of the same character (laughs) (laughs) i was uh there were several things about him that i recognized him from garo and but it, I will say it took me a while. Like, I kept staring at him being like, I've seen him somewhere. I've seen him somewhere. But yeah, it, his style is kind of uh, reminiscent of that. You know, I'm just, I've been doing this for so long and I'm so overpowered that I just have to keep like, um, you know, making a game of it, making a speed run, doing like whatever it is that kind of gets his attention at the time. A lot of Toku actors like do end up in like a lot of like, shows about like boys love and like boys that are like pretty and love each other i'm sure this guy got a ton of work he's pretty as hell he is yes yeah he's kind of a twink isn't he yes yeah um (laughs) no oh what happens next oh um then we get the cleaners again and they're all eaten and everyone's super depressed (laughs) except for who's like i'm enjoying a meal (laughs) <laughs> fucking fucking Kateros. <laughs> fuck. Everyone's like, what the fuck is up with you, dude? Like 
You're gonna eat that. I've changed. I'm not Katero anymore. <laughs> that's why he's so funny because it's so obvious. He he just he wants someone to like start an argument with him or make some kind of comment about it, and everybody is just as they usually do, kind of just ignoring him. He's doing everything he can to try and get that attention to, but everybody's just on their own shit. In his pusher shirt and the way his like um voice drops when he just like, hey guys, why are you paying attention to me? <laughs> I'm gonna live with power. <laughs> you get like that one instance of Mari kind of side eyeing him for a second, but then she even goes back to her meal. Usually she'd be the one to like at least try to give him a chance to talk, and <laughs> even she's done with his shit for right now. <laughs> I, I do love that it like fucking cl- like goes like close up on his eyes like it's just his eyes of the shot just to see him like <laughs> looking around and like see people's reactions to his fucking bullshit. It's just like increasingly getting more panicked as he realizes no one gives a fuck what he's talking about. And he's like a prototype for um getting possessed by Momotaros and like Deno. He's just like yeah, what if you get spiky hair and real <laughs> power. You know, I really love um, him in Kaido's bromance that they get going during this couple of episodes, too. Like, they're <laughs> fucking adorable together. They both just, they have such wildly different energy from each other, but it, that's why it's even funnier. Speaking of Kaido. Yes. <laughs> that fucking next scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to uh, try and gently segue into that. So. <laughs> what song is this? hypnotize <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's like juicy I, I, yeah it must like i don't know if it came before or after hypnotize but it's definitely a sample like it was sampled at some point it was the exact same beat and the exact same that uh kind of funky bass rhythm it has so just goes back to the cover saying the n-word well is like all my real life all my real life bitches all my real life it- <laughs> and just like, just like, okay. He's just dancing, and the camera shots they have of Yuka smiling are from like an Olsen twins music video. <laughs> it's it's this whole like scene is fucking weird. It's wild as hell. Like, yes, I think that Kaido is manic depressed (laughs) you think but the way that she's just like cheering him on too and like he's literally doing nothing but walking up and down the stairs kind of like pointing and maybe shaking his hips a little bit here and there and she's acting like he's put on the best concert that she's ever seen in her life (laughs) and then kiba comes in is like what i'm sick of your hobbies dude (laughs) can't keep up with any more your weird hobbies I just couldn't get over the way like he like poses like to point at him like he like half macarenas to point at like he'd be like hey what's up <laughs> oh but no um and then Kiba's like can you send a message to talk before me did you really deceive me we oh, might gosh. really end up having to fight it, well and it's funny because this starts like the worst game of telephone ever between him and Kitaros and <laughs> Mm. all of them going back and forth to each other they're they're all getting like maybe an eighth of the original message so it just like looks worse and worse the further along it goes but in every instance Kaido's the person like Kaido's message perfect each time Kaido's like yeah sure this is kind of what he said (laughs) Uh. 
And I almost spit gin on my sleeping like girlfriend because the song transitions to Sawada on a swing set listening to the same song yep. and really into it. <laughs> well, that that had been like what we kind of got like the tinny version of coming out of his headphones up to that point anyway, right? Like that was kind of the... He had a few songs, I think. Oh, did he? Okay, yeah. I, I thought that one sounded the most familiar, but might have just been because, you know, it got played so loud there for a couple of scenes. And, like, he's thinking of Mari, and then Psycho appears, and, like, my first note was, okay, Madonna Horror Complex. And then later on, that comes back up, like, explicitly. I was like, oh, okay, well. Yeah, yeah. My observations, though, like, don't matter, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, like, he, like, leaves after talking to her, and, like, she finds his binder with pictures of Mari in it, and this never comes back up. He, She, she just has it, I guess. Yeah, it's it's weird. And then um, we see Takabi talk to Kusuga. Be like, hey, did you really see Kiba take the fire belt? Yeah, which is another time I wanted to grab Takumi and shake him and be like, you fucking know better, dude. Like, you literally, there's <laughs> something in your head right now telling you this isn't right. And you want to go back to the guy you know has lied to and about you for several episodes now. And, like, it's not even, like, oh, it's, like, debatable whether he was telling the truth sometimes or, like, you know, it's, like, a fraction of the truth. It's, like, no, you, you know for a fact that it was just a straight-up lie every time. Yeah, yeah. And how many times did they he paint Takumi in a bad light to uh, Kitaros and Mari right in front of him? Like, he knows what this guy is capable of. And, like, just, like, the way he, like, he would say stuff, like, what would I gain from lying about such a thing? Takumi, you know better. Yeah. And honestly, when you're walking away from him just one time, stand around the corner for like five seconds because he cannot help <laughs> mumbling his plans aloud at every yeah. fucking opportunity. Like every single time you see this guy, he's literally like doing his own villain monologue to himself. Literally just hide around the corner for five seconds. You'll get everything. He's kind of like, this is such a weird reference, but it's in my head now, but um, the robot guy from Grandma's Boy who's like, sit on my face, just like, whatever, yeah. and he walks away. That's exactly... <laughs> What'd you say? Nothing. <laughs> yes, it's exactly like, like that. I'm glad you put that down, those stuff that like, as soon as Takumi walks away, he's like talking about his plans. I was like, God damn it, Takumi. <laughs> just hang out in the stacks like he does. It's well, true. It, it that's why it got me though because like the first couple of times it happened i was just like okay well maybe they're just kind of like having him be like a very hyperbolic villain guy no it's not that even when he's doing something innocuous he mumbles to himself about whatever he thinks is coming next so that's literally all anybody would have to do is have a conversation with him especially if you piss him off then pretend to walk away and you'll hear all about what a fuck he thinks you are and about how much smarter he is and what he's gonna do to you next yeah <laughs> he's just uh they <laughs> man he is just a character that infects Kamen Rider Mirror. they're like man let's have another one of these <laughs> also some shout outs to Mari who like in the next scene is like hey Takumi are you alright <laughs> it, it took her so long to ask to like he's very obviously been going through some shit and this is like the first time that she really reaches out directly to him but then she like five minutes later makes it about herself so i don't know i i don't know about mari too many times either 
and like her whole thing about like here's this origami he made me like i want to believe in Tawada. and the whole time like kusika's just listening plotting murder because he knows how to listen <laughs> around quarters here yeah yeah everybody could learn a lesson from him honestly because that's how he gets all of his information yeah um and then more of your favorites group uh david at the shrine yeah they're just hanging out <laughs> i ate too much i got a cubby ache i guess too much i hurt my ankle i like that it flashes to the sign that says do not sit on the steps <laughs> where they realize i love that they realize they're like this this shit isn't working we dyed our hair and it's not gonna change anything <laughs> They dyed their like hair, ate a little sky. bit more. Yeah, two suns in the sky because I'm eating an extra couple of plates of food every meal. I love when Cater says, can we be someone who helps people? <laughs> the guy's like, boring. Let's just be big. <laughs> uh, and then we see Sawada having a normal one. And like, I love how he's just fucking like Kylo Ren. Just like, I- I'm no longer human. I'm no longer human. And then he just like sees <laughs> one couple. Yeah, it goes ape shit. Yeah. Man, I want to go to the zoo. I'm gonna murder them. <laughs> also, okay, I, ha- I have an issue here with this. <laughs> the amount of times that like Keitaro is just in the van and a fucking orphanox <laughs> shows up, but like, fine, whatever. Like, if you want to use that as a plot device, sure. But the fact that like Takumi is like ten seconds away is really that, weird oh, in this scene. Yeah, especially in that scene, because by the time the first person that uh, he had gone after even fell, Takumi was pulling up on his motorcycle. Yeah, there so is like, no was he way. following the no van? No fucking way, right. And if he was, why wasn't he just in the van? Right. No sense. Maybe he follows Katero around to make sure he's not getting like beat up or something. It's possible. I mean, he probably should because it seems like Katero is always the one that finds the monsters. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the best thing I could say is maybe like they have a small delivery area. It's not too far <laughs> off. But yeah, it is a little human. It's pretty quick that he gets there, right? Yeah. Like he's there mm-hmm. like almost immediately. Um, And I love their brawl. It's super just like a brawl if there's no like cool special effects or weapons they just punch each other mm-hmm. and then um he gets beat but has to be rescued by Katero. and then he like goes back in to be like oh no i like, have to like help people like he might hurt people you know that was a great moment yeah i thought so too and i i know that takumi tries his best but i think that's the first time he's ever like been out like said something that was so like writer like just like, no, I, I'm, I'm going to go take care of this. Because mm. he's usually just kind of casual about it or everything. And then Kato's like, also, I've got this message from Kiva. <laughs> Once again, badly butchered. <laughs> then that's what Takumi's like. I was a fool to trust you, Kiva. Yeah, based off a third hand message from an idiot. Yeah. Well, a couple of idiots, because he got that message from another idiot. Uh, that's true. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and they have access to each other's phone numbers. Yeah. Yeah, as we right? see later on. Yeah, because don't they, like, call or text each other or something? Oh, no, he... Yeah, uh, sorry, I'm jumping ahead, sorry. <laughs> I think Mari has Kiba's number. 
I think Mari probably has everybody's number because, you know, she's the it girl. So mm-hmm. she should probably lose a lot of those numbers. She's she's the girl all the bad guys want. At this point, yeah, she just attracts the worst. She really does. Yeah. Poor thing. And she doesn't even like like any of them. <laughs> no, she likes Kiba, but like that's been forever. She's like been busy since then. Yeah, but I mean, like as far as the bad ones go, he's probably the best of the bad ones. <laughs> Mari calls Sawada at this point, and he's like, okay, let's meet at the place we met before, which I don't know where they meet. Is it like a weird, the, the, like the canals? Quarry. I don't even know what the fuck this is. It's like a fucking culvert. (laughs) Culvert. Yeah. It's weird. My favorite thing about uh, Sawada is every time he gets on the phone, he automatically, automatically does that testosterone thing where his voice gets like 20 notches lower than usual. Especially when he's talking to her, like he sounds like fucking Batman. It's incredible. Hey, Mari. (laughs) Meet me me at our spot. And like she tries to get stopped by like Kusika, but then she like runs into this dude who's only credited as Gorgeous Man. I was going to ask you if he was someone that I should know, because like the scene when it opens up on his face, it, it's made to look like really important. And I was like, oh, is he like an old villain or a writer that I should know, but don't? I don't think so. His credit didn't have anything like really substantial. Like they were just being dramatic. Oh, <laughs> um, like later we find out that he was sent by Psycho, but we don't know anything at this point. He just shows up in a white suit and tries to kill her. Looking like a sexy ice cream man there for a second before he turns into a monster. Oh, goodness. Yeah, so this is where we... I, I, I feel like this battle is kind of the one where it starts to really ramp up mm-hmm. all the animosity that's been going on between everybody. Because, of course, as soon as he attacks Mari, my first thought was, okay, she's got, like, literally every hero on this show in love with her right now. I don't know <laughs> what this some of the is monsters. thinking, but it's gonna be bad. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, that's when I, he's just about to attack her when uh, Sauda shows back up. Yep. Because he was going to meet her in the first place. And this is where she... The episode ends, like, her jumping in front of Sawada and yeah. getting Ryder kicked, right? Like, that's that's where this episode yeah. ends. Yeah, because Homeboy tried to jump in the middle of it. Um with that one I still don't I'm still struggling to understand if he really does care about Mari or if he's just it's just one of his you know I'm supposed to get whatever I want type situations with her and that's why he went all psycho when he didn't really have to in that situation Uh, I mean Kuska is a fucking weirdo right he's like literally an incel right so it's like yeah of course like of course he would Why yeah, literally the one that was like, she needs to replace my mom. So, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. <laughs> so, but then that's when in situations like that is kind of like when I question what his motives actually are, like what his end game is. But right. Yeah. So anyway, he and she ends up having to be saved by uh, Takumi at the very last moment because she's about to get her ass handed to her. Yes. In this is episode 32. Yeah, 32. Episode 31 is called Horgabi Tears because uh, we didn't say it. But just to clarify the ending bit, um, she, Mari, gets attacked by this like swordfish guy. Mm-hmm. She yes. gets thrown in the culvert. So Wada saves her mm-hmm. and his 
like his music's playing like get crunk get crunk get, get crunk. <laughs> yeah, that's right i forgot about that get crunk get crunk get crunk <laughs> um and then kuska shows up after she's been saved by sawada and there's a misunderstanding so he attacks sawada goes for the rider kick mari jumps in the way and like episode 31 ends with this whole like cliffhanger oh no mari's about to get fucking killed to hell Oh yeah, and the um the weird thing is when they're show they do the on the next episode thing, I feel like either I looked at it wrong or they jumped ahead an episode because in the preview they showed her in the hospital. And that doesn't actually happen for a little bit of time after this. Does it? Yeah, because Takumi pushes her out of the way, right. which we, sorry, we're jumping into the next episode, but Takumi pushes her out of the way, but she doesn't actually go to the hospital again until later on after that, when she's going to meet with Sawada again. So I've noticed that on Plex for some reason, um, or just like with the metadata, it's giving us metadata an episode ahead, so oh, I don't okay. get why it's happening. Okay, yeah, so that that was my bad then. Yeah, but that's it, because I was very surprised when we open up on 33, and she doesn't actually get hit by the kick, <laughs> because the I hospital. had seen... Yeah, for, yeah, I was like, oh god, so something else happens to her? Poor Mari, god. <laughs> Hopefully it's not too bad, spoiler-wise, so... No, it's, I mean, it hasn't been so far, and I, um, if I'm doing, like, a straight watch through, I usually skip through those anyway to get to the next episode but that was just something that i noticed i was like huh that was a pretty good uh, misdirection they did on me there so worth noting though to go back to kamar kiva um so spoiler alert for a major plot point in kamar kiva <laughs> but mari plays a character in that show um who is like a romantic interest for the main character and they like reference this moment in Kiva because there's a scene where like two brothers are fighting over who's going to be king of the vampires. And she's like, oh, no, you can't rider kick him and just gets obliterated by a rider <laughs> kick and killed. Uh, it's not Mari, but still. <laughs> there's like, let's have a reference. That's weird. That's Did anyway, write that series too? Yes. That makes sense. <laughs> That's incredible. I love it so much. So yeah, it's just like a weird to be like, also five years later, we do, we do want to go through on killing her this way. <laughs> that bitch is going down one way or the other, is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't... That's very funny. Uh, but yeah. Um, so, but before we can get to episode 32, though, we have to take a detour into uh, important... <laughs> Oh, God, right. I, I forgot that this uh, technically happens between episodes. Yeah, I did too, because I actually ended up watching it at the end of our chunk because I just got so into my rewatch. Um, so that was even funnier, to be perfectly honest. So um, every year, Cub Rider, now they have like a bajillion of these, but back in the day, it was like, okay, have your series, have your movie, and then like you have like a magazine dvd that goes out called the hyper battle dvd that has like a weird special on it um and this was the one for fies um <laughs> not quite as weird as deno though deno's is like more weird but this one's kind of weird yeah well so t- 
to give some backstory, uh, there was a contest to make a new weapon for Kamen Rider Fies and a boombox one. Okay. So then they were like, okay, logically, this has to be what the special is about this. <laughs> sure. So <laughs> this takes place in the middle of episode 31. Uh, but um, first off, make sure to watch in a bright room and a good distance from the screen. It's <laughs> such a weird warning to get at the beginning of a video. I've never gotten that before. Uh, so let's talk about... <laughs> Who wants to run through the like summary here? Just like what happens first? Because we got an incredible start to this. <laughs> oh God, I don't have because usually I run through the episode as we're talking about it. I don't have it on me, but man, it opens up like a the Family Guy opening almost. <laughs> they're, on of, yeah, they're on a set of stairs. They're all right? dressed up <laughs> and they're all singing because <laughs> they're like in like another liminal space besides like a studio they're on some like white steps in a white background and like the cleaners are wearing white with black underneath and the rogues have black with white underneath and their hairs are all slicked back and they're wearing mm-hmm. sunglasses they're all very fancy looking <laughs> and they're just like singing Kamen Rider Fies <laughs> Piper Battle video and then they look at Catero and say that he sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the only line of spoken dialogue in like this entire thing is just fucking Tagumi turning to Kater and going, "You suck." <laughs> and the looks that he gives him and the tone is so sincere, like he genuinely wants him to know. I think that you are terrible. It's amazing. And everyone's looking at him, and poor Kater. <laughs> Yeah, like he didn't even He's really so do anything. Doing... He's just like right off key. I guess that's what's funny about Katero, though, because he just responds with such like the perfect devastated face. Like he's so good at his facial expressions, and that one, just the way he just drops, is it's fucking hilarious. You just you have to see it. I know it sounds bad, but it's hilarious. And some of these looks like Yuka's got like braids in like crazy style, like. <laughs> very german looking uh and yeah um but then we cut to like the actual like cleaner's house and they're all like cleaning their house and like talking about vacuuming and he hits a table with the smart i wrote smart brian a smart brain boombox on it <laughs> yeah smart brian would be funny too yeah and it goes to five 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 and it's like uh the bear the forest lights come over people working and music plays and they all start to, to dance uh, another day I saw a bear a big old bear <laughs> and like they're talking while they're singing as this I'm not familiar with the song but it's like a nursery rhyme like kind of thing right Um, yeah uh, I recognize it but I can't recall what it is specifically they do a pretty funny bit of fourth wall breaking while they're singing quite a few times too and this is the first like real instance of it you get like you can see them kind of look at the camera confused about what even they're doing yeah and like it's just getting more and more like strange and then finally after they've like sung this whole song and talked they're in weird like evil cadaver like Elvis costumes and it's like okay yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty odd. And then we get to David's favorite scene, which is we go to the rogues department as smart ladies here to rap. 
<laughs> this whole thing is just fucking weird, dude. Yeah, her especially. On the TV that they were watching is the last scene of the cleaners, so it's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, but Smart Lady is rapping about how it's a CD player, not just aimed at humans, but Orphanox too, and it'll make them happy and funny. Yep. And they're going to turn all of Japan into a musical. And that's how we're going to get the belts back. <laughs> that may make sense to me. It's a solid plan. And they're thinking Mary had a, a little lamb. Yes. The Japanese version. And here's how we know where it fits in the canon. Because Kaido says, couldn't it be funkier? Because last episode he was really... Right, he was, he was, he was getting drunk. <laughs> yeah. And they're like the Russian hay dancing, like ba da 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 Um... And then um, the rogues all transform into characters from Kamen Rider Revice because they're all mariachi. Mm-hmm. And then we get the opera, the very important. The belt opera. We hate subtext opera. Mm. <laughs> and first off, uh, I do need to say I've been lying to everyone. Turns out I was right the first time. The bike that Fies uses is called the Autovagin. Is it? That's just the name. Oh, all right, sure. Why not? The first time <laughs> I said it, I was like, "Okay, maybe it's Javin." I'm just confused. No, it's the fashion. <laughs> I thought we cleared this up. Hang on, <laughs> because you're gonna make him do a deep dive I, on the vagin now. Yep, Way to go! Yeah, it is auto vagin. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Mm-hmm. Vagin confirmed. It has vehicle mode and battle mode. Um, <laughs> Don't they all? It, it looks like it's like Vagin, but it just gets weirdly r- into Vagin. Yeah, well, yeah. The the <laughs> katakana is Bajin. Auto Bajin. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but <laughs> it's the Vagin for us. Sure. He's a reliable friend. He's a true friend, she says. Yeah, they have like a whole fucking song and dance about like how the... the- <laughs> sentient bike is like your best friend if you were a kid that got the Teluvicon uh tvd you'd be like yeah this is my good friend auto vagin <laughs> and there's all this stuff like he may seem particularly rude to everyone but beneath his mask like takubi is a kind soul um and then for like kusika it's like what's the mystery of his school also he likes mari <laughs> <laughs> With no fear of solitude, he rides his bike side basher all alone. And it's like, oh yeah, he does have a bike with a sidecar and no friends. Yeah, well, like, what's with that? That's a good point. That's, I mean, it's true, but it's it's not, I guess nobody really pointed it out to, up to that point, so I didn't think of it that way. No, good points uh, to this opera. <laughs> and then from the opera, we get to this, like, dance number as the Orphanox are dancing with Smart Lady, and then, like, they call Takumi, and they're all, like, fighting in this, like, fenced-off area. And um, that's when Takumi rides in, but he's, like, riding in, like, old 50s-style, like, Hollywood, like, Lone Ranger, just, like, in place, but the background's moving. And Takumi's look is incredible here. <laughs> it really is a sight to behold. Leather jacket, slick back hair. Mm-hmm. The, no, it's not just a leather jacket, though. It's a leather jacket with the fringe. They went full late 80s on him for this, and I was here for it. He looks like he's about to have a ton of kids in Canada. 
<laughs> he's hella ready. That wear a lot of denim. <laughs> he's he's like part of the uh, the like uh, racially diverse group of children on like uh, Alone in the Dark or something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, if an eleven-year-old kid had this look, he would be so embarrassed until he was like thirty. And he'd be like, this is the best look I've ever had. This is fucking dope. <laughs> what was I thinking? Should never let like, it go. If if only I could drip like I dripped when I was eight, I would just be the most drip filled motherfucker. <laughs> and so like he fights for a minute, and then like that's when Mario's like, use this thing, and like it turns into a literal ghetto blaster and kills yeah, the orthodox. It's, it's a boombox. I had one of those in the nineties, except it didn't say Smart Brian on it like that one did. Mine just said Smart Brain. Well, Smart Brian would be able to deal with Stewie, I think. In this uh, Family Guy bit, well, somebody would have to. I think they're doing a T two joke though, because like Takumi's like thumbs up at the end, as the rest are just like talking and like dancing and singing. Maybe. Yeah, I feel like there was. I mean, if we really dissected it, there was a lot of pop culture references involved in this, and I'd have to like really look at the timeline to see how much of it is coincidence and how much of it is deliberate nods to pop culture at the time. But there was a lot of things that really made me laugh. Some of these are cool, the Hyper Battle DVDs. Some of them are based. This is pretty based. Like, the one the year after this is like, what if there was another Cover Rider Blade and they had a fight? And then this one's like, what if we did a musical? <laughs> we have to do the musical everybody's been asking for. If Changeron had, like, a musical episode, that would be pretty good, actually. <laughs> but... Then Takumi wakes up and just sees that while he was vacuuming, he fell asleep and Katara and Mario are just helping. The end. He's, and he's cuddling the vacuum. It's very sweet. And because he wakes up, it's canon. According to the wiki. Of course. <laughs> so it was all a dream. <laughs> Can't believe Comrade Fi is inside the snow globe. <laughs> <laughs> A snow globe that's sitting on the desk of uh, one of the characters from Common Rider Deno. Oh. And he just shakes it up every once in a while and goes, haha, fuck you guys. Honestly, Common Rider gets really weird with what's what. Like, there are explicitly multiple times where they, like, go to the real world, see characters on TV, and then later on just, like, hang out with them. <laughs> so, just, <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. Mm. Well, I mean, there's, like, you know, Common Rider's weird. There's like crossovers with like Sentai series and stuff too, right? Yeah, they so branching from Den O having like a lot of post series movies, they start to become like general crossovers and then they start to become Hey guys, I'm sorry if you're listening, but I'm having some crappy internet. It's been a rough recording. Sorry for some weird cuts <laughs> and, and topic changes, just trying to fix things up. But we're on to episode 32, it Intertwined Threads of Cup Rider Fies. I guess you know what's Fies. If you didn't, you're really fucking confused. <laughs> 30, uh, 30 episodes into the wrong series. Yeah. Oh, no. So, a top-level summary. Takabi saves Mari from a rider kick, and she decides to meet with Sawada. He is facing pushback from Smart Brain and from Psycho, as she believes, he's giving in to his human side. Takabi is challenged by Kusika when he wants to believe in Kiba, and um, the game of telephone gets worse and worse. And after meeting with Sawada, Takumi lets Mari 
be alone with him. And things go poorly. (laughs) (laughs) To start this uh, episode, though, Kusika can't cancel his finisher in like enough frames as he just hurdles towards Mari. Yep. (laughs) Luckily, he gets blocked by Takumi. I really was like, oh shit, does he just ride a kicker right here? Uh, That would be messy. That would have been great, though. That would have 100% been great for, like, for his character development if he like kills the person yeah. that he's like, you know, all into or whatever, and he just accidentally marks her. Like, that would have been great. Yeah. First, my mom turns the shoes, and then I kicked my girlfriend to death. What's wrong with my feet? <laughs> and then, like, Mari is back at the cleaners, like, talking to Takumi and Kuska being like, oh, well, like, it's okay. Like, Sawada's still our, our good friend. And, like, Kusika, you shouldn't be so untrusting. We're from the Rusei school. And Takumi's like, I'm not sure what to think. <laughs> Things are a little uh, messed up. And, like, here he, like, remembers his pizza moment with Kiba. Right. He's, like, daydreaming about him. And it's, it's like, the soft music playing. It, like, the lighting gets all romantic. It's very, like I said, we're picking up the homoeroticism here. Yeah, no. Um and like I do love how great they are at the rivalry and the romance of Takubi and Kiba. Yeah. Like there's moments where these two are just like and like we'll get there. Very sensual, yeah. They're just like, yeah, if we can just get through this rough patch, our relationship's gonna be stronger than ever. But they're like rough patches being destined rivals, which you know what? That's just anime, baby. Mm-hmm. That's just because some other little power bottom is trying to come between them. If they just learn how to tune him out, they could really go places with us. There has to be like a robot in some toku show called like the powered bottom or something. <laughs> but regardless, um, Kusiga is then cleaning the van when Takumi comes up and says, I'm going to put my faith in Mari. She believes in Sawada that I can believe in Kiba. And who's like, you don't get it. There are enemies. I was going, why does he keep telling him things? Like, what is his thing with like, I feel like I have got to tell this guy that literally shits on everything I say and do. Every thought I'm having. What is that to go? Yeah, it doesn't make much Why do you need his approval so badly? Exactly. I think like, it's kind of like a weird, like, Kuzika's the only person that like, Takumi knows like, can handle everything like understands the world like him because like there's yeah. moments where like he's just like oh I know if I tell Kusika my weird fucked up things he'll lie to me and manipulate me but at least he'll believe me <laughs> I don't know it's yeah, weird maybe I think Takumi maybe is just like you know I gotta I gotta keep him you know um in the loop on what's going on so like he doesn't do some horse shit but then Immediately, he turns around and does some horse shit. Literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he uses every little bit of information he gets from Takumi, and that's, I think it's going to be interesting to see, because we're starting to get to a point where I think that Takumi's going to start to really see how fucked up this has been, and I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how that plays out. And the degree to which Kusika gets away with saying stuff like, I won't tell you about my past, but I'm starting to wonder about you. It's like, okay, dude. Yeah. Just always turn it around. Seriously. And like not even in a clever way either. He's just kind of blatant about the fact that he's a dick. And the scene transitions by a wolf howling at the full moon. 
as we see Kiba and Yuka drinking tea. And Kiba's like, Takumi. And like asks <laughs> Yuka what she thinks of Takumi. She's like, I don't really know him, but he's not a bad person. She's like, he's not a bad guy. Um, and then we get another scene uh, for your favorite pairing. Mm-hmm. The carousel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> high, high action. Just so high energy. Can't get enough riding mm-hmm. a children's carousel. <laughs> it's a race to the ends of the earth, baby. Mm-hmm. But before He's that, like you gotta relax. the horse's eyes. Yeah, you gotta relax. Can't be big if we don't relax. <laughs> then Kato gives his message perfectly. And then Kaido just covers his horse's eyes and says, no seeing for you. He's like, oh yeah, I got it. <laughs> Kaido hates subtext as well. He does, which is why I think that's the message he reduces down to literally one word, I think, by the time he finally talks to Kipa. Yeah, Kaido might um, have a little bit of ADHD. I don't know. A little bit? Slightly. Ever so slightly. <laughs> that, dude, that dude needs to be heavily medicated. He might be like a bundle of ADHD held together by like a jean vest. That's I'm pretty sure, yeah. Um and with some more Sawada. He's reminiscing. He just he's he just in his like stupid fancy house just being like, I'm not human, I'm not human. I remember Mari, I'm not human. <laughs> Staring at his little origami. <laughs> and that's when Psycho's like being sentimental, being human, it's unbecoming. And like her dude's there. She's just like, you gotta take care of Mari, you gotta kill her. Um, and she slaps the shit out of him too. Yeah, she fucking whacks him. She fucking pimp slaps him from one side to the other. Like she just bam, bam, bam. It was incredible. I ten out of ten favorite scene. And he tells the uh, two not to interfere. And we're, and we're like, oh man, Sawada, he's gonna be in trouble when he um connects to his humanity and like tells Mari that he loves her. That's gonna be terrible. But okay. <laughs> At least that's our expectations. Hopefully nothing bad happens. And then Definitely. one of my favorite small seeds, Takumi pulls up to this railroad crossing. He sees Kiba. Kiba sees him. And it's just tense. Like my way starts playing. Like you think you're special. Oh, <laughs> they're making this really direct, like blazing eye contact with each other. And just like outside of like the seventies and eighties where like, there weren't other common riders really, and there's like one common rider and like some monsters. Mm. They, this is like kind of the gold standard for just like, oh, having a non common rider like rival or enemy. Mm-hmm. Like, cause a lot of shows do not reach this level of just holy crap, they're gonna have like a intense, important fight at, at like any moment. And the show is like four people that could like be in that fight, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they're really good about building tension uh, in between the fights, too. Just having, a, just like with the scene we were talking about, these really, like, kind of quick off scenes where it's just like, yeah, they're going to fuck each other up at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think part of that was, like, just how many times they've showed, actually, they will just attack each other on sight. <laughs> right. Before this. Yeah. I think the uh, next scene, Steph, it's when Takuma's in the junkyard. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. Uh, Are we talking about when he's making a play for the belt? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he he creeps up and uh, he sees our uh, 
our guide there sound asleep inside of a an car inside of a junkyard for some reason <laughs> like and, and it's a stacked car it's not even like the lowest one like the one sitting on the ground it's like three or four cars up and he's just in there asleep across the passenger and driver's side with the belt sitting in his lap and uh looks just so calm and peaceful <laughs> when takuma walks up to him <laughs> and he gets the belt and it does look for about half a second like he's going to get away from it with it. He like has a grin on his face and he starts running the opposite direction and then gets hit by a car door from the back. <laughs> <laughs> and the way that Kizaki is like, oh, I had no idea you'd become a thief. <laughs> <laughs> Just so casual about it. You watch the uh, you watch the car door, of course, transform into ash. And then he just, he tries to, like, hide it behind his back for a second while he greets him, and then it, like, falls onto the... Like, the whole thing is so fucking hilarious. And, like, Takuma, like, transforms and tries to, like, attack first. Like, just like, oh, maybe I could, like... Maybe I can kick his ass. Maybe if I get the surprise hit, yeah. And then we see Kizaki's, um monster, monster form for the first time, yeah. He's like yep. some fucking like giant devil man looking shit. So um, to go back to Lucky Clover, Mr. J was a crocodile. Uh-huh. Um, Takuma is a centipede. Psycho's a lobster. He is a he is the dragon orthodox. Oh, okay. So you're like, oh yeah, I am cooler. Dragon? Yeah. I okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now that I'm looking at it again. Okay. Sure. And I guess um, this is a reference to the second Kikaider series where there's like a group of villains that are like have monster forms. They're like centipede, shrimp, crocodile, mm. and dragon. Mm. So I guess that's like the smart brain. Okay. Uh, reference there. Oh, he's beating out Oh. And yeah, um, then that's when Takumi, I think, meets with Sawada in the, the, what's it, the warehouse, the Kamen Rider warehouse. Yeah, no. Man, David Lynch would love 2000s Kamen Riders, like, oh, all these warehouses and culverts? (laughs) (laughs) And these weird men show up and attack people? Uh, And then, um... (laughs) We uh from like him talking to Kaido appearing and scaring Kiba as he's walking, he'd be like, I got a message from Ta- Oh, sh- I-, I forget. He's like, uh, yeah, you're an idiot. Yeah, this, and that ends up being the only thing he says. Yeah, Baka. Kiba shouldn't. Kiba should know not to trust Kaido as much as Takumi should know not to trust Kuzuko. You'd think, yeah. And then we uh, cut back to the Comrade Warehouse where Sawada's like. There's still hope for, for my humanity. Only Mari changed me back. Once again, putting way too much pressure on Mari. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so Takumi fights uh, the like swordfish guy. Sawada um, goes to talk to Mari. And he is like, a really cool fight scene, actually. Like, like the like song starts playing, like people with no name. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. He's his axle form. They show how strong and a good, like, bit of foreshadowing like he gets like into this pipe and water shoots out because he gets hit so hard and then who wants to cover how this episode uh swerves how it swerves <laughs> yeah 
so after they have this big fight and they fucking uh, Sayaka shows up too, or Sayako shows up, and uh, Sawada grabs Mari and runs outside while uh, Takumi is fighting her. And she's like, oh, you know, thanks for saving me and getting me out of here. And he's like, oh, he's happy and smiling. And then immediately he just turns around and is like, oh, here, here's what does she do? She gives him like his origami thing. And he's like, oh, thanks for the origami. Mm-hmm. He just lights it on fire. And he's like, there now everything like connecting my past to you is over. And he fucking turns around and he just like chest punches her at like full power into like fucking boxes. Just fucking transforms, cold cocks her, and then detransforms and walks away. It's like, I I wanted to feel for Mari, but it was such a badass scene. I just wanted to be like, oh, man. And But my very first thought, I will say, is how did she not die? Because you saw, like... She flies, like, 40 feet. Yeah. Yeah, and she, like, slams into so... Industrial, like, uh... Yeah, uh, like crates and stuff. She, there's like specifically the scene where she's like climbing out of the rubble and she's like in front yeah. of like a industrial like metal drums or whatever. So like she just got like thrown through a fucking like giant thing of like industrial materials. Right. And you just know there's like nails and stuff sticking out of there. So if nothing else, you got tetanus on top of everything else. There was a moment where like they showed um, the origami on the ground and like Oh, it's great. Framed close to the red barrel next to her. Where I was like, is she about to blow Gosh. up? Like, <laughs> not the video game barrels. Uh, but like so often in like shows like this, they like just can't show that they're super speed or super jump or super powered, really. So just have like, actually, here's what a full on punch from like a monster right. is like. <laughs> and like her head's bleeding. Oh, yeah. It's a really intense scene. Like at first it's so uh over the top that you're kind of shocked by it and then you see her laying on the ground and you're like oh shit yeah he really did a number on her and then talk becomes i was like you betrayed her trust and starts to like punch him and stuff and <laughs> yeah yeah does he he doesn't kill sawada does he no, no. sawada is still fine around here. yeah he just leaves yeah but the actual episode ends <laughs> on Kaido and Keitaro fucking going into a building that's on fire. Yeah. No, they were gonna, well, they were originally going to go see a fortune teller, I think. Right. On the fifth floor of a building. Oh no, the episode's not even not even close to over yet cuz uh they Kasuga comes to see Mari in the hospital and she's like in a coma. Oh, that's right. Yep. So they they open the door there's smoke in the building. Then it cuts to Kaska showing up at the hospital where Takumi is there with Mari and she's like in a coma in the hospital. And he's like, I'll never forgive you because, you know, you trusted her and <laughs> you trusted mm-hmm. her and you fucked up. And I told you not to do that. And he's like, well, you, hey, man, like, you know, I was doing my own thing. <laughs> yeah. And like the Sawada so had so many ways to kill Mari that were like so much less extra than this, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, he could have just yeah. like orphan her ass, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or could he? Dun, dun, dun. But we find that out later. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, then Kaido and, and Kitaro rescue a kid from the fire. Like that's kind of, there's not much to say about that scene there. They just do. There's some, there's some character development there where like Kaido's like, ah, fuck you guys. I'm out. He's like, save yourselves. I'm getting out of here. And then he goes back to save them. He's like, I fucking hate you people. Well, he's talking about what a pain in the ass. Yep. <laughs> and then, like, the way the episode ends fucking, though, is kind of incredible. Because, like, Keepa's there. Be like, oh, Mari, are you okay? And then, like, we find out that Kuzuka's like, yeah, I, I can't believe Takumi punched her through 40 feet of air and through walls. And yeah. Stuff. <laughs> and it's like, uh, what? <laughs> and like Kusika, I get that you're dealing with shit, but this is the easiest to verify lie mm-hmm. I've ever seen. And there's like fool, there's a fool dude on my heart. Like I thought we could be friends. And then <laughs> he like goes outside to be Takumi. And he asks Takumi, Oh, is it true about Mari? And then Takumi's like, Yeah, what about it? Yeah, what about it? <laughs> like it's any of your business, you're just a monster. And then he essentially says, Catch me outside. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, let's go outside. <laughs> And by outside, they mean to a, like, drained out fucking riverbed where we can have a fucking duel. Yeah, lots of mud. Like, there's whole seasons of Common Rider that don't have a fight scene as serious as the one they're about to have at the end of this episode mm-hmm. on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and now for episode 33, Mari dies. <laughs> yeah, spoilers, guys. Like, fuck it's sake. Seriously. <laughs> like they could have at least put a question mark right like Mari dies question mark like maybe yep. she does maybe she doesn't no they just had to make sure you do hey guys today's episode can you, she did. Can you imagine because like I don't think they show the name of the, the episode on the the next time on Kamen Rider Fies right they don't show what the title no. is so like imagine if they put that title in like the the before thing where it's like the, you just know the title of the next episode is Mari fucking dies. You'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> and then the people that are like two weeks ahead on like TV Guide are like, oh, she works at a salon. Maybe she's like learning how to dye hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that and you know that was going to be one of my other questions once we got further along was just. How come she hasn't been to work in like a month? <laughs> I, I thought you were going to ask, how come she didn't get somebody to cover her shift? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's pretty much just an intern at this point. She can't really afford to just not show up the way she has been. I we don't know what she's doing. She's like, might be taking time off camera. Yeah, Japan has medical insurance. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Okay. But this fight scene is great. Like this, like low tide or like dried out, like yeah, it's low tide river. It's great, and like they're just like flashing human and like saying shit. Like I like won't forgive myself either. You betrayed me. And then Kinazaki <laughs> walks up. And like this looks cool. He's like, yeah, let's go fight. And they're like, fuck you, stay out of this, dickhead. <laughs> That's the funniest thing. Like they annoy him so badly that even he just walks away. <laughs> He sits down. He's like, "Oh boy, I guess I'll kill whoever wins." And then they both get knocked out. He's like, "Lame <laughs> nerds, you guys didn't kill each other." <laughs> and yeah, um, and here's where we 
enter into the era of Takumi getting increasingly fucked up, I think, because from here he just starts to get beat oh, to shit. Oh, yeah, he, he just gets, like, yeah. beat up. It, he's suffering, like, it's obvious he's going through it, like, mentally. He's he's suffering through some legit PTSD from this, because he's practically asking everybody to beat his ass at this point. He he doesn't, like, he doesn't even try to fight back. He just, like, let, lets everyone slap him around. It's a really intense mood he's going through. Yeah, I'm freaking. When Takumi's, it's just a t-shirt. Yeah. It's a bad type for. When, when like, when he's like in the bed later in the episode, and like, Kato's like, "What happened?" And then like, Scus shows up, and he's like, "Oh, oh, Takumi let it happen because he's fucking scum." It's like, huh? Like what? Oh, I don't know what ground yeah. you have to stand on to call someone fucking scum, but you were like the most scummy motherfucker in this entire show. Seriously. That's the next scene. Actually, she's like, "Oh, the caterer is like, yep, what happened? He's come, okay, okay." Mm-hmm. And then, like, um, Kusa's like driving to the hospital, and like through voiceover, he's calling the Ruse School, and there's like nobody left, guys. There's like three people. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they, they 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 run through that group, and then we get um a great scene at the bar with Kitazaki and Takuba, because Kitazaki says. Yeah, the belt was boring. I threw it out. <laughs> and he's oh, like, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> what? He's like, you threw you threw the belt out. He's like, yeah, I, just, I don't need it. He's like, where'd you throw it? And he's like, ah, that's garbage. <laughs> <out> back. <laughs> it's actually yeah, a pretty funny scene because then we get him like quite literally dumpster diving when a mom and her daughter walk by and the daughter's like, what's wrong with that man? And the mom's like, don't even look at him. Why is that man in the garbage, mom? <laughs> right don't even look at him don't pay attention <laughs> mommy what's to wrong him? with that man that's what she says <laughs> just don't look at him yeah. let's go <laughs> they don't do scenes like that anymore in most fiction it's pretty good the mommy was that man yeah does he yeah, i i had a belly laugh over that legit and he does such a good job of like having that intense air the entire time he's like tearing through all the bags where is it where is it where is it where is it? like he doesn't even notice anything happening around him it was just funny all the way around and then he just says in the bar because like he's like yeah well i have it like right here on this chair that like he didn't look at you want it to water <laughs> <laughs> and then like we cut to like the t- mari's room with the rest of the russe school and like there's one dude who has no name really who's like oh man this is so sad the one dude's like i got work guys <laughs> I got work. I got. I gotta go to work. I don't want any part of this. I gotta go to work. You guys don't need me here, right? <laughs> <laughs> this new guy that has to go to work is Mihara. He shows up a bit more. He is an existing actor. I do not have his name actually, uh, but he uh, was the Green Ranger in QQ Sentai GoGo Five. So he's been in, in Sentai too. Um, he is. At Sushi Harada. That name sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, it might just be a dude-ass name, though. I'm not sure. Um, oh, that's where he's from. You want this one? No, no, no. no. I, I, the, at Sushi Harada, he, he's, his um, debut role is uh, in GTO. Yes. That's why. I saw that. The next thing though, Katero tells Takubi, Don't be so depressed. And then they sit by a tree 
<laughs> She'll get better. And then he's like, here's the belt. I'm done with this. He, he has his Spider-Man 2 moment. Mm-hmm. Before Spider-Man 2. I can't wait for his Spider-Man 3 moment where he's dancing. Uh, when he gets the Venom suit? Oh, that's great. But no, just... And Cater was like, I can't do anything with this. <laughs> well, you could. I guess you technically you can't. You can't put it on. Right. Um, Yuka's patching up Kiba, and she's like, Kaido had a big day yesterday. He's my big man. <laughs> I love that they 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 use the excuse because I assumed that the actor for Kaido was probably maybe all also working on other stuff. Because they go, Kaido's hair turned black because of the fire. It's like, that's not how fire works, but <laughs> all right. I laughed my ass off, yes. I kind of always assumed at some point in my life, lightning would hit me and give me white hair. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, apparently if you walk through smoke you'll just get black hair so i mean fashion tip fucking kind of a hero such as myself doesn't have time for silly hairstyles <laughs> and then in one of the most i always forget how much of an asshole kaido is but get i like phone call for the welfare <laughs> to be like hey let this kid's parents die and he wants to beat you he's like i don't care stop calling me <laughs> This turns into one of my favorite running jokes across the next couple of episodes is him just absolutely not giving a fuck that this kid wants so badly to meet him. <laughs> yeah, no, he does not care. And he like tilts his phone backwards just to yell harder at the person. Stop calling me. <laughs> and then we cut back to the hospital and Katero gives the belt to Kuzuka. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, two belts. That's, that's great. <laughs> and then Kuzuka's like talking to the doctor and this started because I think like talk was actually here too, but it's just like, okay, why are these dudes? I guess that did they just say they're her only family or her brothers or something? I guess so. Because I mean, if you think about it, she doesn't actually have any other family. So if they were the only people checking up on her, maybe the right. doctors were just like, yeah, sure, whatever. And what do you all think of what the doctor said here about Mari? I've, I didn't want to say because I like already kind of put it together that there was something like different about the people who use the belts. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. So like, it's very obvious at this point that like all the Ryusei kids are like some kind of orphanoc, I think because their dad's a an orphanoc hiding in the basement. Suddenly the doctor's like, Hey, you know, uh, she has like some weird medical procedure. Uh, it seems like the orphanocs can use the belts, but when they put the belts on the humans in the basement, they turn to dust. But then some of the other Ryusei students also turn to dust. And she couldn't become five either. Oh, she couldn't. Mm -hmm. Could she, did she try? It would like, it like immediately exploded. Right. But it didn't turn into dust. Yeah, she got knocked back because, like, I think, like, Fies doesn't kill you like the other right. ones do. Yeah. And, like, to bring it back, actually, we do, it's been forever, but, um, remember when there was that, like, traveling con artist child who was also part of a list of children being looked at by Smart Brain? Yes. Yeah, so. Mm, that might be a plot mm, point. I forgot about that. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but, like, the way the doctor's like, 
Yeah, so she definitely received treatment beyond what modern medicine can do. Like, what? Sure, yeah. Okay. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And also, why is he talking about that to a couple of, like, teenage boys? Why is he not reporting that to the government or something? You know what? <laughs> That's maybe a good question. The doctor didn't think to tell the government, hey, there's some nanomachines in this 16-year-old. Yeah. What do I do? Yeah, this 16-year-old has received some kind of otherworldly health care that we're not capable of doing in this day and age. But yeah, probably nothing to be worried about. What? Yeah, no. Um, he just kind of like, hey, it's weird that she has this weird sci-fi procedure on her anyways. But probably nothing serious. Yeah, so anyway, she's dead. <laughs> Truthfully, I don't have much hope for her. So you guys can go fuck yourselves, pretty much. And then, like, in the next scene, like, Takabe grabs Kusuke and was like, hey, what was that back there? You know something, don't you? And he's like, well, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I can tell you anything. Yeah, pretty much telling him all over again, I know more than you, and I'm not going to fucking tell you. Have fun. Yeah. And then Kusuke gets called to meet so to meet Sawada with the other Rusei kids. Uh, he says, hey, um... Why'd you show up here? Why'd you kill Mari? And he's like, ah, I killed her because I gotta. If I kill her, then I'm gonna be, you know, a, a full orphanoc. Also, here's the Delta Belt, um, the thing that could kill me, possibly. <laughs> you know, for kicks. Yeah, he just is like, be your strongest or whatever versus me. He's like, he's like, oh, I, I feel, ba- I feel bad mm-hmm. for punching Mari. Here's a consolation prize. Here's the belt. <laughs> It'd make me unnecessarily overpowered yeah. if I also wore this. It's, like, it's not fun. It's not fun if I kill you when I'm OP as shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here we get Mihara keeps saying, I'm not part of this. This is involved. I got to go to work. <laughs> got to go to work. I have to re- rewind some videotape. <laughs> That's a new ship. In- I blockbuster. I got to go. <laughs> but no. Um, And then that just. Ends, he's like, I'm gonna kill you guys later. <laughs> Prepare. Um, and we had like get like at the theaters, like Kuzuka has all three belts. He's like looking at them, he's like, ah, oh, I've got everything. And like, I love the way that like his sidecar gets filled by the three belts he can't use. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe he just left them in his sidecar when he went off to go do battle. I was like, okay, like we've literally spent this entire series trying to protect these goddamn bells and you just leave them out in the open yeah. in your sidecar. And he's like doing like slides from like Akira and they're not flying out. Oh, we lose him again. Okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, cause guy, it gets on the, the phone and calls someone. I don't know who he's, he's calling. He's like, I've been prepared to fight you for a long time. Like come meet me and we'll go fight. And it skips to, the president and Sawada in his like evil fucking <laughs> lair in his mm-hmm. uh, liminal space with the giant metal triangle. Yeah. And he's essentially asking him like, what was, what was he thinking? Giving away the belt and demands an answer. Yeah. He's like, why'd you give away the Delta gear? And he's like, oh, I got no reason. I just did it for fun. Yeah. He's trying to do the tough guy thing. I think until he like, uh, Gets thrown across the room. Until the president <laughs> transforms into, like, a, I don't know, he looks like, he looks like a fucking Giver character. He does. It's kind of crazy, right? Because, like, even the, um, 
his the brain part of yeah. his head is like this crystal like covering and, it, like, and you can blue. see it light up when he's like yeah yeah it's really intense and then he shoots like f- fucking rose petals out of his head yeah and they're like they like pin him to the ground or something it's really weird so most of these guys are like gray he's pure white and his guards are pure black yeah he's and I think after that, he, like, rolls out the window because jumps, he doesn't want to get his out ass the window. kicked anymore. He just straight up jumps out, like, a 50-foot drop out the window. <laughs> yeah, I love that, though, because he ends up sending a couple of his guards. His and uh, he, Yeah, but then, like, when the goons find him, when they transform, it's actually really cool. The... Uh, Who's the first one? It looks like it almost looked like a toy or a marionette or something. Yeah, I think they're like um, one of them is like definitely like this like samurai beetle looking dude. I think they're supposed yeah, to both yeah. be like beetle like samurai beetle looking dudes. But in between that, hang on. Before we get to Sawada, oh sorry, jumping. Mari <laughs> fucking dies. Oh, yeah, yeah, she definitely lives up to the episode title. Yeah, she's, like, getting, like, trying to, they're trying to resuscitate her in the, what's it called, in the, in the hospital. Yeah, and it's strange because I don't think at any point they ever really say, like, what's wrong with her, which, I mean, she got thrown through a bunch of shit. It could be a lot of things, but they never just say, like, internal bleeding or, like, something with her brain or, like, they never really say. They're just like, oh, yeah, she's dead now. She's just hurt. Yeah. Oh, um, I forgot, but, um, so, like, the Prez is white, his guards are black, everybody else is all gray. Mm -hmm. Uh, what theme do you think the Prez is? (laughs) What's his Well, I mean, he shoots, like, roses out of his head. Mm Mm-hmm. He, he is the rose, yeah. He's the rose orthodox. Okay. I thought, but most of them have been animals. He's a plant? Yeah. Oh, there was a mushroom before. <laughs> oh, right. There was, yeah. That's true, yeah. So, Sawada <laughs> is getting his ass beat by his two guards in the, they go back to the mm-hmm. same warehouse again for whatever reason. I guess this is where Sawada hangs out. Um... Yeah, <laughs> an intercut in between this is is Mari dying in a fucking <laughs> hospital bed. She's dead. Yes. Uh, I mean, they weren't lying. Mari dies. She. Yep. Yeah. And they're like paddling her, mm-hmm. and her chest is flying <laughs> up and down. Ugh. And like, talk to me. And Kato is like screaming from behind the glass, like, "Oh no." <laughs> Mari, Mari. At, at this point, where was everybody's head out of the show? Like, what did you think was happening? <laughs> I mean, I, I I was really wondering how they were going to bring Mari back because I knew there was no way they were like getting rid of her character altogether. So I, I was just waiting to see what that plot twist was. And we still at the end of the set of episodes, we still kind of don't know what exactly they did. Right. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, Kuzuga just puts on the Delta Belt and aces the two guard guys. Like he just destroys them. Like it's not even a challenge. Um, and something that you said came back because you mentioned that Delta was triangles, and I said you'll see. Yeah, and there you go. He fucking <laughs> shoots the dude, and Delta kicks him, and there's the big old triangle. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty badass uh, move too. Though I really like that triangle. 
Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and episode 34, True Form. Man, what a fucking episode. Mm-hmm. It opens with a doctor saying, sorry, your friend is dead. <laughs> your friend is dead. <laughs> um, so the other beetle guy flees as Kuska powers down. <laughs> He's like, no more interferences and throws like back to Delta Belt, grabs the like Kaiser Belt. And so I was like, oh, your favorites. And then the phone on the belt rings. <laughs> yeah, which I didn't know was a thing until this episode. And then it like ends up happening twice. So, yeah, so he answers the phone and then just goes rushing off without another word. I mean, he attempts to run over Sawada. That's true. <laughs> yeah. What's the significance? There's like a fucking shot of like a, a red balloon floating into the sky. Like, what's up with that? Is, is there some like weird significance there that I don't know? Oh, yeah, like our soul. I guess so. Sure. You know? Okay. Also, I, not to spoil anything, but I did see a later episode. It's just called Red Balloon. So huh, okay. That'll recur. Um, but yeah, life. <laughs> um, and then like, so Kiba's just like sighing and Duke was like, Kaido, can you like sign me an autograph? You're famous now. He's like, Yeah, I'm famous now. He's like, Yeah, he's like, I gotta practice my autograph. And he's just like <laughs> he's literally just like scribbling on a fucking piece of paper. Like he's not writing ganji or anything. It's just fucking scribbles. And he tells her he doesn't even have time to give her an autograph right there. They're like hooking for right one there. later. <laughs> oh yeah. He's such a dork. Oh, I love him. He's he's the best. Mm-hmm. The only saving grace for Yuka being 16 and being really into this guy is that he does not have any romantic interest in her. That's the only saving grace for her, I think. Yeah, because that would be so much worse for her if he was interested. Yeah. So then Kuska's with the Rusei kids at Mari's body and he's like, oh, well, that's terrible. And then, like that day, he's like, I'm not part of this. <laughs> <laughs> he's like I gotta go to work I got a part time job <laughs> I work at the checks mix factory I gotta get there <laughs> get it right get it together I gotta assemble ice cream pails later <laughs> please everybody I've got to set up these rivers so people can follow them <laughs> um, but no um before Mark can go back to Foot Locker, though, um, he gets told that we're all fighting together and we have to keep fighting if we want to survive. And then we see Kiba walk up to Takumi under a tree. Because he had, he had called him before. We didn't talk about that, but he had called him and been oh, like, yeah. I guess he's like, fight on sight, meet me in the park at three. Fucking baller move for Takumi. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, so Kiba comes out and was like, Let's finish what we started. And Takumi's like dead inside. He's like, yeah, come at me. Come at me for all your bite. And then Kiba transforms. like, wait, where's the belt? What's up? You're not into this, bro. And he essentially like tries to play it off like, I don't need the belt. My bare fists are enough for you. Right. So Kiba demorphs and just the shit out of him. Quit, quit making fun of me. I like it's morbid to be like okay he tried to commit death by Kiba here right yeah like just suicide by Kiba and just it didn't work but he gets his ass kicked 
Well, it just tells you how little he knows about Kiba, too. Because Kiba's not the type of guy to just beat the shit out of someone just opportunistically. Unless he used to date them or they're his cousin. That's true. But, I mean, both of those guys were dicks, to be perfectly fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we, like, have Kuzika, like, at Mari's body be like, still believe it, I know you'll wake up again. It's so, so fucking weird. Yeah. And Takumi comes in, and Kuzika's like, you bastard, come with me. And he beats up Takumi. <laughs> it's your fault she's dead. Just getting his ass kicked everywhere he turns. And then he says, I'll tell you one thing, Mari will live again. I'm going to bring Mari back to life. <laughs> Which is a perfectly normal thing to say. And then Takumi's like, wait, what are you talking about? Can you really bring her back? And then Kuzika's like, it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> then why are you telling me? <laughs> so just... Exactly. They keep doing that to him. You know what? People in the show, messy bitches. A lot of them. Everyone. Mm -hmm. And they all just really think that that school they went to is so cool. Well, they're all fucked up and have PTSD, so it couldn't have been that great. Like, imagine if somebody from, like, your middle school or, like, elementary school was like, hey, just so you know, I did some stuff. We're all being hunted by... (laughs) This corporation full of monsters. But we have to stick together because we went to the same school. Uh, no, sir, we don't. <laughs> I didn't even like you back then. Hey, I got a part-time job. I, I gotta go. I, I, got, yeah. I, just, I just need to leave. I, I don't want to do anything. I'm sorry. Blockbuster has a new special tonight. I can't deal with this. Because, like, in real life, we'll be like, what? Like, you're, like, third grade best friend, like, calls you up and is like, hey. I might have told the Crips that you said they were all pussies, but only stay my own life. <laughs> you gotta get out of there. So yeah, like the plan of Kuzuka though is I'm gonna use the belts to leverage Mari to get procedures. Uh-huh. And it's like, well, his logic is she had advanced procedures before. Let's like advance procedures while you're alive and bring back to life. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that is different. Um, but maybe not because Kiba is alone with Mari's body that sounds weird with mm-hmm. it that way but he's like huh talk to me acting <laughs> strangely and I guess like Hitero's there but um oh yeah because Kitaro's the one that the first one that gives him the indicator that um things might not have been what he thought with Takumi and he's like wait what do you mean Takumi did punch her 40 feet <laughs> he would never do yeah. that right <laughs> Which I think is the first time anyone's ever like vouched for Takumi to Kiba, so that's a it's a pretty big deal to him. Yeah, and he was like, "What? Takumi <laughs> doesn't just murder people? I thought he loved to do to do a murder. Everyone loves I murder. Mean, don't we Come all on, sometimes? Yeah. yeah, I murdered my girlfriend. He murdered his maybe girlfriend. You know, hey, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, that's just the way it is. That's sometimes we have to do a murder, and then um. You said this was one of your favorite scenes where Kaido actually goes to the welfare center stuff. Mm. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because as we'll find out, the uh, that little kid that wanted to meet him did not want to meet him <laughs> because he thought he was nope. a hero. <laughs> he pretty much calls him an idiot for not rescuing his parents and then tries to beat the shit out of him. If I can get you. <laughs> It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen, and mostly just because Kaido didn't want to go in the first place. And he was right. 
And kind exactly. Of and the kid turned right. out to hate his guts. <laughs> he said the entire time, I hate kids. I hate kids. I hate kids. The first thing a kid does is try to beat his ass. And like, I love how it's not even related to like any superhero or like monster shit. It's just like, no. I saved them from a fire. They're like, you didn't save my parents. <laughs> well, fuck you too, you grateful little bastard. Really? Should have let you die like I was going to. I mean, should he? Mm. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. He'd still have his super cool hair. Maybe this, like, kid will keep beating up Kaido from here on out. Just keep showing up. That'd be my favorite thing if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then, here, Kuska and Takabi get to Smart Brain. And then, like, Kuska's was like, there's no certain that could help me. And... It's really important to me to destroy Smart Brain, and then he just leaves. It says, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it throws the tantrum with all the belts. Yeah, that it, was great in the road. In the middle of the road somewhere for some godforsaken reason. He like slides like in a like Akira. He like throws open and like the Kaiser belts open. He's on his knees and he screams Mari. <laughs> Meanwhile, all very dramatic, yes. Takumi is meeting with the Prez. Quite the surprise, mm-hmm. young Takumi, or whatever he says. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so, basically, Takumi is like, yo, I'll sell my soul if you can, you know, if you can let me use your medical facilities, because I know you can bring Mari back, because she's had some weird-ass shit that mm-hmm. we're here, so I know you can, you know, do something for it. And he's like, mm, okay, well, um, if you just give me over the Fies belt. And he's like, shit. But then he starts talking about how if he was a, uh, if he could be a clover, he would have access right. to all the medical facilities and stuff. But then he's just like, oh, haha, it's a joke. You could never do that because you have to be an orphan. Um, so then that leads us to a really interesting scene afterwards. Are you talking about the one in the tunnel? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves bikes. <laughs> Riding bikes. So an urban infrastructure. So Sawada basically ambushes the last like remaining three um like students from their their previous school or whatever. And he just kills he just he just kills Oda. He just like murders him. Like there's no hesitation. <laughs> so fuck you guys. Yeah. And Mahara's still like, I'm not involved, dude. <laughs> I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta shift tomorrow. I, I can't be late. He's still trying to get to his GameStop yep. shift. Sawada, I was just auditing preschool. I didn't even get credits. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Then they keep running away um and we got to, to talk of me getting home Kato's like why are your shoes <laughs> dude <laughs> dude you look fucked up <laughs> and he does he's been beat to crap by like four different people at this point mm, yeah keep us there he's like i don't know what to believe anymore and uh Takumi's just like it doesn't matter mari's fucking dead and then like he does that like thing which is like <laughs> I used to think it was really stupid, and now I think it's really stupid, but I like it where he like has this like weird memory of like 
them ironing really happily. Uh. <laughs> and he's like tried this dress shirt on, like only in movies that happened, but it's very like, oh yeah, he, he misses Mari. <laughs> Look at all the fun times we had. Ironing a shirt. He looks like towards the iron sadly as if it's the like swing from Naruto. Um and then we got cut back to the last two students that aren't dead getting double clothesline slapped off their bikes from Sawada's jumps out from a tree. Um, and Kusuka slides up and says, here, take this belt and transform Bahara. We're fighting. And he's still worried about his shift at Walmart, so he's hesitant. And Kusuka is like his most inspiring here. It's like this chunk is like, oh, he lost somebody he loves. He's the most not an asshole in some ways, but like mm-hmm. his like it's his inspiration for Bahara is kind of weird. He's like, there's no home for us to return to. We have to fight to find a place where we belong. Fight, Bahara, fight. And then Bahara transforms. Um and he's got like the he's like got the easy mode belt on, but And what a shot as Sawada fucking charges him while a fucking <laughs> jowl plane takes off in the background. <laughs> this is excellent. Yeah, it was a good battle scene. Oh, yeah. I, I'm just watching this back now because I'm like watching it as we talk about it, skipping through it. I forgot that Sayako shows up. Yeah. She's just like, hey, I'm here because. <laughs> And she shows up to to fucking fight him, and Kasuga joins as well. Um, and then uh, they 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 cut back to Kiba at uh the laundry place, and he gets a call, and he's like, "Oh, okay, I'll be there soon." I don't know who, who did he get the call from. I guess he got it from Kasuka. Yeah, I guess he must have because that's that's the next scene between the two right. of them, right? Yeah, he must have. Um, you know, but Keitaro goes like, oh, you know, you got to help them. They're getting their ass kicked. Like, talk to me, like, take the Fize belt. He's like, you got to put it on. And talk to me, he's like, nah, fuck that shit. He throws it on the ground and just walks away. <laughs> yeah, such a good scene because that's when we, uh, we finally see what, uh, Takumi's been hiding this entire time. Right, he sees Sawada and he's like, "He's like, I'm gonna, he's like, I'm gonna beat you and join Lucky Clover." So he he doesn't use his uh, belt. Nope. And transforms into an orphan. Takumi turns into an orphan. Like that's like a fucking mm-hmm. big reveal, but it also makes it sense. Was so good. That's what I was thinking too. Like as it happened, I was like, "What the fuck?" I would I did not see that coming. But then, like sinking back on the series, I was like, "Okay, he never talks about his past. We knew he could use the belt. Like this all makes sense now." But definitely was not expecting that. But now there's some like a little bit of mystery to what the fuck is going on in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, the next episode, uh, what's it called? The next episode is called The Mystery Behind Something. Behind Resurrection. Behind Her Resurrection. The Resurrection Riddle. Yeah. Yes. Um, what do you think of his form, though? He's the wolf orphanock. Which makes sense. He's very lone wolfy type character. Mm-hmm. And his last name, right? It was like wolf adjacent. Uh, yeah, 
Inui, like dog. Huh. He looks cool. Um, he kind of has some furry vibes going on, but you know. Yeah, I was gonna say he's got he's got a little bit of furry yeah. tail going on there. Kind of Sonic Unleashed. Yes. Oh my god, wow, you hit the nail on the head. Yes, that is exactly the vibe. So I was worried when Steph talked about watching the movie at first, because this reveal happens like three months early in the oh. movie. Oh, really? So if you got into a certain point in the movie, you would have seen and also like it's like comes out around episode 25 so it's way early if you're watching the show mm. okay to find out about this but yeah um Rockaby has his, his form um and at the start of the next episode we see he's fast he's strong as shit like he handles them no problem yeah and like everyone shocked me transforms and like he was like no way the fight stopped except for Bahar who's like I haven't met this dude and like he's like ready to fight he's like oh he didn't attack us okay <laughs> <laughs> and he beats Sawada's ass and he sends him into oh, the yeah. maybe river <laughs> in a in a in an excellent what looks like to be a dummy shot or like something comped in mm. and just <laughs> he picks up Sawada's glaive and says I'm taking this <laughs> and Kedra has a fucking mental breakdown <laughs> yeah yeah, he took that personally. How is this happening? And then, like, we got to talk to me with the prez, and he's like, "Color me surprised." <laughs> but then he says something very specific, though. He says, "I had always wondered why you were able to use the Fies belt." Right. So, to me, then the implication here is that also Kaska and uh, Miharu are also Orphanok, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Has anyone said what the belts are for? Question mark. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Has anyone said the belts exist for blank? No. Uh-uh. Not that I know of. Okay, then I won't spot. I won't talk further then. Um, but yeah, so I think except the Delta belt, because it's got weird mind control shit, you have to, like, be some way, maybe? Mm. I'm not sure. That makes sense. My memory is not perfect, so I might be wrong there. But yeah, you can't use the Fies belt, I guess, without some kind of DNA. Right. Mm. And then Psycho shows up and is like, well, that glaive's not enough. You're not in Lucky Clover yet. And then another Catero freak out. He's like, I don't know what to do anymore. What's going on? He's like, what's going on? <laughs> uh, Mari's dead. Talk to me as an orphan. Doc. And Miara's like, uh, you can have the belt back. I got to go to my shift. <laughs> and then that's when Kuzo says, no, take it. Yeah. He's like, how, how much longer are you going to keep running away? He's like, there's no home for us. You gotta like fight at this point. What do y'all think of Mihara? We haven't really spent much time with him. He seems like a punk ass. He sucks. Okay. Yeah. Any thoughts on him, Steph? I I, I think it's I I understand what they're trying to do with his character, but I also kind of get the impatience with him too. Like he's already seen how fucked up everything is right now. 
we're kind of past the point of just being able to pretend like you can go back to a normal life after all this. So I get like the frustration for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he takes the belt, he takes Rita and he goes to work, I guess. Um, And then we see more of the conversation with Psycho and the Prez where they're like, you can't make a member of Lucky Clover. He's killed so many of her kind. (laughs) That is true. I mean, she says that, but... Way to make him sound extra badass. She says that, but they are actively trying to kill Orphanox. So, like, that argument doesn't really hold much water, in my opinion. Right? Wait, uh, you mean, like, how the Orphanox are killing people, or... No, how the Orphanox are trying to... The Lucky Clover Orphanox are trying to kill the other Orphanox. True. So like yeah. what like oh he's killed so many of our friends. It's like you're trying to kill your friends. Like what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, they're trying to like build their numbers of obedient sure, orthodox yeah. and yeah. People who will play ball, right? But no, you're right. Right. Oh, we have the scene of Kuska and Kiba walking just in a public space near where Kadro ate shit. <laughs> And then um Kuzka just punches Kiba full force. He was like, What's that for? <laughs> and he's like, Don't play dumb. You would talk with me are both orthodox and you both fight against your own kind. You must know each other. He sounds like a jealous lover here. It was a very confusing tone that he approached this with. And this is the first time that like Kiba seems like he's actually like kind of like, Don't accuse me of stuff. I'm not plotting things. Right. right. A little aware of Kusika. He, he, he like takes it so much less personally that he got socked in the face and the fact that he accused him of being a liar. Yeah, no. Um, and like even says, maybe you're playing something. I think you've spread some lies. You think? And Cater is also there just to press the top of some stairs. And then like he like runs down and is like, Mari's body's gone. <laughs> <laughs> And at the hospital, there's a nurse that I feel so bad for because she has to deal with Kusika <laughs> on a Mari bender. Um, and there's like, um, wait, so this dude just took her body? How <laughs> was he allowed? Yeah, I loved that because even the nurse seems kind of bewildered. Like, I, I really don't know. I, I don't know how we allowed that. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of like screaming and grabbing a lot of anger. Um so then we cut to Mari in a big room from video game tutorials. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. As like 12 doctors come in, it's like begin operation number 1633 revival of deceased. And like, like she's like having blood pumped in. There's like a big syringe of blue fluid in her like clavicle. She's like cutting like between her surgery and let the heart rate monitor. And like by 12 people, like, all 12 of them are working on her at once at different parts yeah. of her body. And Takabi's like in the shadowy hallway. Come on, Mari, come back to me. And the present psycho are like, he's just going to betray us. Yeah. The psycho's trying to talk him out of the uh, trusting him. And to be fair, she has a really good point. Yeah. And then as she's getting worked on, Mari remembers the, this party slash massacre. Um, and then there's like a guy in blue flames walking. They're screaming. There's piles yep. of bodies. 
And what else do we see, everyone? You see Takami's Orphanoc form. So mm-hmm. that's not good. Nope. That is not. But it's like, we don't know enough about Orphanox to like say for sure that it's him. But like maybe Takami's just like fucking old and he gets like amnesia. And he's just like alive forever because he's an Orphanoc, right? Like they don't, I think they make it very specific that like they don't age, right? Right. Yeah. There's some stuff on that kind of stuff. Um, something that this show could have done, but it doesn't is that, um, in like some other shows, for example, they'll do stuff where there's like multiple of the same race. There's like multiple right. cheetahs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think the no. show does that though, but like mm-hmm. they could have like pulled that card too. I think. Um, oh yeah. That makes sense. And then we uh, cut back to the river where Sawada's is like floating into the fray. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to die this way. And yeah, then we go back to the cleaners. Um, it's empty. It's dark. It's not too dark, though, because like there's still some light. As Kato is sitting and Kuzuka's eating. And I love how like all these scenes, everyone depressed. Like Kuzuka's like, well, this is fine. This is good for me. <laughs> Nothing affects his appetite whatsoever. And like when Kato's phone rings, he's so used to like having it. On his dumb strap that he can't find yeah, it. He can't find it. Until he looks back. Um, and he's like, hello? And then like, oh, like, talk to me. Where are you? Why have you called to? And we hear thunder as Katero stops and listens, looking shocked. And Kusu's like, what's wrong? And Katero says, Mari said he's coming home. Dot, dot, dot. With Mari. <laughs> <laughs> and a storm passes and... It gets real dim in the house as rain starts. <laughs> Quick vibe check here. Because that's not <laughs> obvious at all. Right. I love how fucking dark feeling this episode gets from here, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then there's like a scene of Mahara in his garage. He gets attacked and he becomes Delta. It's a pretty all right fight. Yeah, it's it's not a bad fight. Yeah, it's okay. Worth noting though that um so like the um the Fies kick is called like Crimson Smash and like the Kaizo one is called like Gold Smash. Um the Delta kick is called Lucifer's Hammer. <laughs> Damn, all right. <laughs> uh, that's pretty intense. That's a finishing move. <laughs> um and Mahara says, I'm gonna try. Even if I don't know what'll become of me. But then uh, we get a pivotal scene. Um, who wants to talk about what happens at the cleaners next? Um, okay, so Takumi rides up to the cleaners and Mari is alive and with him and she's like happy and she's like, yeah, what is like, what's wrong? It looks like you guys thought I was dead or something. And she like sits down there like, what the fuck is going on? Like they literally cannot believe she's, she's sitting there. Right. I'm not a ghost. And they like start the like scene by like showing them both kind of like from the waist down. So you don't see their faces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And she's like, keep saying stuff like sorry everyone i'm totally fine now and then katara goes like she's like mari you died and she's like yeah it's fine (laughs) 
like, sorry about that. No problem. Yeah, sorry about all that. Sorry about that, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? She's like, the doctor made some kind of a mistake. How dumb. <laughs> right, Takumi? How stupid. And he goes like, uh, y- y- yeah, no no need to worry. It's it's all good. Yeah, he's just in the corner, like, drinking his juice, trying to disappear. Yeah. Um, And then, like, he's walking with Kuzka next to you, and they're like, just like, have a conversation. As Kuzka's like, I think I figured it out. You became an orphan again on their good side. All to save Mari. Did I guess right? For that, I'm truly grateful. But what do you expect to happen now? Everyone knows you're an orphan doc, and you can't just pretend that didn't happen. Mari learned the truth. I don't know what I should do. And then it turns uh, to Catero fishing. Yeah, they go they go have a good old fishing trip. And it's like a barbecue and everything. And yeah, it actually looks kind of cozy. Cato's really chipper and like basically ignoring everything. He's like, oh, this is so much fun, guys, huh? He wonders why he gets ignored, too. Until Mari remembers the giant massacre murder of all her classmates. <laughs> yeah. And the wind picks up and the fire grows. And Takuba and Psycho are here. And they're like, we've come to take you with us anyway. You now belong to Smart Brain. And Mari's freaking out because she doesn't understand what's happening, and she's starting to get uh, she's starting to get flashbacks from her her vision when she was dying. Yeah, and Takumi, I kind of assumed was going to be like okay, but no, he's like actually, I'm just going to kill you guys, and then he gets told by Takuba, "Hey, we're going to kill her if you don't like play yeah. along. <laughs> if we if you resist, we're going to have to kill her again." Mm-hmm. So then Takumi untransforms, but then like that's what Takumi was like, just like right now, and like goes to attack Mari. So Takumi transforms into like his orthodox form, and Mari's like freaking out, like, oh no. <laughs> and she does not take it well as she No. She runs into the <laughs> the underbrush. Yeah. And that's how this chunk ends. <laughs> It's all very dramatic. A lot of things are happening right now. Yeah. I had 18 pages of notes on this. 18 pages. Oh, my God. I am not surprised. Yeah. A lot happens. This is a pretty, pretty chunky set of episodes here. And apologies if it got like a little disjointed. Um, I definitely caused some uh, r- recording issues. Uh, so sorry it was a little jerky. I caused the rest. <laughs> I'm perfect. This was a cursed recording, everyone. No problems. Yeah, Dave was just there with his perfect mm-hmm. internet. Just, you know, <laughs> has an eight pack, seven foot three. I, dude, I wish. <laughs> the only eight packs I got is a Kieran beer. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> that's the only kind you really <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But no, so a uh, little hurry jerky, but I like want to check in because of that. Uh, how do people feel about this chunk of episodes, though, in this show at this point? Oh, it's so good right now. Hmm. I think that this changes the status quo of the show a, a lot. 
because it it reveals something about the the Ryusei students, but I think it reveals more about Takami because we really don't know much about him. Like he kind of showed up mm-hmm. at the beginning of the series just by like chance, and now I have to wonder if it wasn't by chance, like if it was some like weird primal thing like he's drawn to the belt or something or like he's been around forever and he's got like he's like a weird like sleeper agent type thing like i we don't really know anything about takami really when you think about it yeah and i think that's something that the show did really well is i think up until this point you probably forget that you don't know anything about him or at least i did and then like as i said once we started like seeing all these things that actually made a lot of sense i was just like oh I remember the first couple of episodes, like, Mari asks him questions, but he's really good at, like, evading everything. But then we get so many new characters coming in that you kind of forget to question the fact that, yeah, he does just show up. Yeah, it's, it's, I like that there's this twist now that he's suddenly kind of, like, he's not necessarily done a heel turn, but now he's on, like, you know, a, he's he's on different footing. He's not, like just the the hero who's going to come and save the day now now it's a little bit more messy it's a little bit mm-hmm. more complicated yeah good point david that was succinct and thanks i know i'm <laughs> just way up there einstein ain't got shit on me yeah um so <laughs> another cut happened because of my internet but just to say um fucking I love this era of Kamen Riders because it's all like weird industrial like warehouses and it, they're all transients. They're all like <laughs> weird people like Kamen Kuga is this weird traveling himbo. Then Kamen Rider like Agato is like this guy with amnesia that <laughs> is like living with a professor. Kamen Rider Ryuki like gets kicked out of his apartment in the first episode. Same with like Kamen Rider Blade like a year after this. They're all like these weird people that like don't have stable housing or jobs. <laughs> and I think um I like the way that like the show's doing Takumi in that kind of like mold to be like, yeah, in the first episode he was like missing his bag and like he was the person who became the common rider, not the guy with the Gundam right, bike, you know, that mm-hmm. like gets killed in the first scene. But yeah, um I just like still like Kamen Rider, like, the modern stuff, it's fine sometimes. But, like, it doesn't hit me like this does, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Mm. Yeah. I know what you mean. Understandable. Where I'm like, oh, man. He's gonna fight this dude in this dried-out riverbed? <laughs> That's fucking awesome. They're gonna be covered in mud together? Okay. Yeah. This is, like, where I was like, oh, yeah, like, this is why the show was, like, my favorite the first time I watched it. I was like, okay. They really are deep in the angst and the soap opera stuff, but I almost feel like I couldn't sell it properly when I was like describing the show to you guys. Like, oh yeah, it's like an angsty soap opera. And like so many shows are like that. This has its own kind of level to it. Yeah. Yeah. But no. Um next time we have an interesting chunk of episodes. Um if I remember it right, there's some stuff uh moving rapidly. But uh, in two weeks, episode 194, come right with me. Come right with five is episode 36 through 40. And then only two more after that. And the movie, I guess. But um, right now, though, everybody, um, 
Who was everybody's top three favorite characters this time? Mm. Do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first, Steph? No, you go ahead. I'm, I've got to think on this a minute. Okay. Um, I think starting at number three. Oh, it's got to be Kaido. Um, he's just like goofy and great. Like he's he's kind of been like relegated to like that goofy. Um, what's it called? Uh, comedy relief. Yeah, but that's yeah. fine. Um, two. Mm, this is hard. Two is maybe Kiba, and then one is definitely Takumi. Like Takumi has so much stuff going on in this set of episodes that, like, how could I not pick him? <laughs> yeah, it's like Blood Feud like, mm-hmm. and like everything yeah. to this. Yeah. Who were your favorite stuff? Um. So I'm gonna go with number three is gonna be uh, Sawa. Because he has uh, so many different ways that his character kind of jumps around this set of episodes. And it's kind of, I like that I wasn't sure what he was going to end up doing. Um, And still not entirely sure. Um, Let's see. Number two, uh, Kitaros, just because he he really did try so hard. But just no matter what he did, he just kept getting ignored. And there's something just delightfully endearing about his character. Um, and number one is, uh, I'm going to have to go with Takumi also like his, his big twist and getting to kind of like, try and guess how his character is going to evolve is really interesting. So I, yeah, that's who I'm going to have to go with. Oh yeah. Um, this is hard. Um, I actually really liked Kuska here. Like, I think like he had a little bit more range just because he was actually dealing with something that made him a little sympathetic right. but um he kind of had to like anchor the back half of this chunk in a way because mari wasn't there Takumi wasn't really there keep it wasn't really there number two um i really liked the whole like sawada thing where he was just like he went from like listening to ass and titties to like actually i <laughs> am gonna go dark sided i am gonna right right because you know, most of the time, people just are like, oh, man, and now I'm human again, and I'm a good guy. He's like, nope, I'm going to punch you 40 feet. And then, yeah, Takumi. He's really is, like, one of, if not my favorite main common rider. I just love how, like, abrasive he starts and, like, how mm-hmm. he's, like, learning to, like, connect to people and care about things and, like, the way he handles all these relationships. Like, he's, like, speed running like high school and college in like six months basically leave all this stuff right um everyone's favorite uh of the action the practical effects the fight scenes the mm. tokusatsu uh for me it was the finishing move for the delta belt i loved seeing that big purple triangle pop up and uh all the action involved with it i thought that was really cool uh, for me, it is the fight against the swordfish orphanoc in the warehouse. And just when he's like the swordfish dude, he feels dangerous. He's like cutting like metal beams and stuff in half and like concrete walls. And it's like a nice, like clean, perfect cut. So you're like, oh, man, if you get hit by that, you're fucking dead. You're done for. Yep. I'm going to say the dry riverbed low tide fight. Theme. Oh, that one's good, too. 
that's pretty good yeah <laughs> like just filming in that sounds like it would suck but it looks incredible and like i love the whole bit where like um kitazaki shows up and just gets like beat and told to leave <laughs> and then of course last question best outfits we saw um Sawa again every time he wa- I, I love his like street kid vibe <laughs> his baggy clothes and his shirt and his always having his headphones on I really love that mm. what do you think David mm, this one's tough for me I actually like um I like Kaido's outfit when he goes to visit the kid in the in the welfare home or whatever and he's got that like black beret on mm-hmm. with the gets his ass kicked by a six year old stuff. Yeah. That's 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 my yeah, gets his ass kicked by a six year old. That's my uh <laughs> my one there. Man, you know what he loves when preschoolers beat the shit out of adults? Happened to change around too. <laughs> it is one of my favorite things to happen on TV, yes. I'll give a shout out to uh not the most impactful character, but gorgeous man, the swordfish with his like white <laughs> suit, just out of nowhere. Just Pretty all good. swag. All swag. I've never dripped that hard in my life. Just got a nice white suit, you know? That's what I need to do, yep. We can all feel accomplished. It only took us hours of <laughs> just constant strain, but we've come to the end, everybody. And like hours of constant strain come to the mighty bear, <laughs> he must plug himself. So, Steph, where can we find you when you're not talking about Tokusatsu? <laughs> you can find me plugging myself over on www.arcademilitia.com or on um, Instagram or threads on at nobody much. Um, I haven't gotten good at keeping up with threads yet, but it is pretty fun. So, yeah, come find me on there and I'll try and figure out how to add you back if I can. <laughs> uh, you can find me at the Tokyo Fresh podcast. Uh, basically everywhere or my personal Instagram at Zyrell. I don't post on it much, but I will reply if you send me a message and you want to tell me I suck. So go ahead. <laughs> and if you want to see me plug myself and suck, uh, I don't have <laughs> fans anymore. I, uh, yeah, it was too extreme. They said <laughs> man's not meant to bend like that. <laughs> anyway, um, you can find uh, me um, on co-host at James Forge and Twitter at James Forge. Uh, or no, on co-host at James D and on Twitter at James Forge. You could find the podcast on co-host at Common Ride, um, at Twitter at Common Ride with me. Uh, don't have a blue sky, which kind of seems like maybe it's the better of the platforms that's emerging in the wake of Twitter. But uh, maybe um, someday. <laughs> For now, though, uh, Please uh, check out CommonRP.com for episodes and articles. Slash episodes links out to different episodes on platforms. You can rate and review on place like Apple Podcasts. Uh, there is a slash merch links out to our merch store. There is podcast at CommonRP.com. If you want to send in questions, we'll have another question episode soon. And also do just kind of give your input on stuff. Maybe like what you want us to cover, that kind of thing. And yeah, I'll go first. But what we learned today, and I'm going to say... um. I need a, to find a really long Ethernet cable. I'm going to say that from now on, when I'm having audio issues, check my sample rate first, because that keeps f***ing happening. Nothing, I'm perfect. Agreed, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's it, everybody. We've done the deed. We're going to end this cursed episode. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's gonna suck to edit. <laughs>